Listen to subscribe to the Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. <clears throat> Bienvenidos a todos a la mesa de la verdad. Me llamo Cam. Conmigo está. <laughs> Me llamo Camarón. Eke Camarones. También. Yeah, this is Josh. I don't speak Spanish, so <laughs> go ahead with all of that. <laughs> uh, Tambien. In French, I got you. And this D'Angelo, I, I don't speak Spanish either. Not that well. You know, I know. You were words, supposed but... to do the intro in Spanish. We weren't supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, bienvenidos. I heard the handoff. I was like, he's going to hand it off to all of us like this. Oh, <laughs> bastard. You bastard. I thought hey, it was the table of truth, the official pod, not the side project. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I said I was going to do the intro in Espanol. <laughs> you, did. you did. That was the challenge. And challenge. I've been mean, on my, I mean, my Duolingo. Challenge accepted and I, exceeded, apparently. I, I'm not yeah, mad. Be like, hola, buenos tardes. Bienvenidos uh, in la table of truth. <laughs> or, but you got to say table of truth in Spanish. Right. I know. You know. It's uh, La Mesa so, de la Verdad. Yeah, there you go. So that's, wow. Yeah, it's, I've been okay. getting there, man. I'm, I'm getting there. It's not. I'm not there yet, but it, it's been a, a daily thing. So I'm trying to work on it. It's been fun. Um, I'm my Duolingo. Yeah, like, the, that's what's so, up. Yeah. Same. Same. I, I, I saw you got your 50, 50 day streak. I'm on a day twenty five. So I'm trying to get that thirty streak. Yeah, it's hard. We're, being, we're, we're slacking with a with a with the disgusting American <laughs> single language. I know. I mean, one and a half. I can understand most French. I just can't speak it nearly as well as I used to. Yeah. <laughs> now, do, uh, Duolingo's pretty dope, man. Uh, uh, you know. Um, yeah, you know. I, I heard about it, and actually, I'm gonna uh, actually get on that, but I'll do that later. Yeah. No, I, I got. I got the. Uh, I did. I did plus cam. Just I just went ahead and, went ahead and got it because I was like, you know, if I'm gonna commit to it, to try to do it. So. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I, I actually really like it. I'm trying to like, like I, I figured Spanish is a little bit more, um, you know, useful as of right now. But like things I want to go back to pick up, like I want to get back on my, my Japanese. Like, I was, I was kind of on that for a while, and I kind of lost it, and then other things too. So we're not here about talking about languages. We're here to talk about some expanse. What is it? Is it broken patois? <laughs> <laughs> the Delta, Delta, the Delta Creole. Yeah, Yake. What's up, Yake? Boss man. Hey, boss man. Delta Loda. Delta Loda. It took me a little bit to get used to it that first season because I was like, "You guys sound like you're from the island." <laughs> I said the same thing. To yeah, but you know, like, like, man, cannot stand this. Like, what's going on right now? Like, I can't. You know, it doesn't sound like legitimate i don't know but you know what they they, they pulled it off because they stuck with it i think that's the part that i was like oh yeah you guys, you guys to everybody it. everybody who does it does it consistently yeah mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. even like naomi like she'll switch she'll code switch so she'll be around right. yeah. and everyone and she'll have like quote unquote the, the queen's english and then yeah. when she gets back around her people she switches and so that was like i thought that was pretty dope so like, they right. were really good with that like except except amos she yeah amos yeah, Amos is famous. <laughs> yeah, Amos, 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 no matter what setting he's in, he's Amen. Amos. Amen. 
Um, all right, so yeah, so The Expanse, it just wrapped uh, this week. The final, um, the season finale dropped for the fifth season. There's only one season left, um, which is crazy because there's like, what you said, like the ninth book comes out this year? The ninth book is released, yeah, this year. And uh, they have only covered, I think, I think they, with this net last season, they still have about three more books to cover. So good, great. interested to see how they bring that home. Oh wow! Uh, and it's yeah. covering the same cast um, from the so yeah. series, right? Yeah. Well, what what was that, Cam? Sorry, the the nine books is covering the the pretty much the same cast from the series we're watching. You got nine yeah, books. yeah. So it's it the books and the show are pretty much running parallel in terms of the major plot points and you know character stuff. So uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because they had been doing like a book and a half per season. Um, I did hear. Uh, to the whole point of the season finale or next season being the end that that may not be that may not be the end in actuality that it may be like a pause until they can figure out how to proceed with the real end but um that's what i heard i mean but so far they've announced like you said it's the it's the last season so mm. yeah nah, nah it was so we'll, we'll go round table of how we got into it uh I got into it because I watched the first season with my girlfriend. It was really dope. Kind of fell off on it. Kind of forgot about it. D'Angelo and Josh were both awesome. Just like, yo, you got to catch up, blah, 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 blah. And then I finally did that late December. And so I pretty much caught up all the way until about season five started. So I got got current. Um, Cam, you just you kind of just hopped in recently as well. Yeah, um, I came into it because I was... I, well, one, I always heard Josh talking about 24. I was like, hey, this is probably a show <laughs> I can finally chime in on because I'm not watching 24. It's too far <laughs> beyond my time now to go back and watch that. But Josh hit me, DM me, and said, hey, you need to check this show out. And I was telling D'Angelo earlier, and I was like, yeah, I remember he mentioned it, and I just didn't watch it for like a week and a half. I got bored, and Josh was like, we're talking about some other show. And I was like, hey, what was that show you told me to watch? And he said, The Expanse. So I sat down, watched the first episode, and I immediately texted him back. I was like, yo, okay, this is what I'm doing. Because, like, first episode, they got right into it. And um, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Josh had gave me something and said it was kind of like Babylon 5. But I don't remember Babylon 5. I just remember the, the show, but I, I didn't watch it. But... When I got into the expanse, I was like, okay, I get it. I see what I'm watching now. It's not mm. Star Trek-ish, because Star no. Trek has like many themes where the expanse is like there is an ongoing theme through each season, but you still have this bigger goal or means mm-hmm. to it and they're trying to accomplish. So right. um, but that's how I came into it from Josh's recommendation and Cam chiming in and co-signing it. So and then Josh, you were uh, you were down since day one. <laughs> uh, nah, no, no, actually, I wasn't down since day one. Um, uh, my boy Omar, shout out to Omar, uh, who is the who's the guru for me of all things sci-fi, uh, had been after me to watch it here and there, and then I guess it hit a high point, and he was like, "Yo, you need to watch this." Like, I don't know why you're not watching it, but whatever it is that you're watching, like, either finish it and then watch this, or stop watching. What are what you're watching, and watch the joint, and same same as you guys, you know. Once I like from from the first episode, it kind of you you're you're dropped into middle of into the middle of the world, sort of in progress already. It's not something that's sort of being built, you know, sort of 
you know, it's not an airplane being built in the sky. You can tell yeah. it's sort of like it, there, there's there's something to everything that's happening. Yeah. Um, and it just like and so for me, <clears throat> Babylon Five has been the holy grail of all science fiction. Like I'm a huge Star Trek fan, uh, have been since since I was a little boy. But Babylon Five has been the holy grail of science fiction for probably. Since, since it came out, there's nothing that's been better. There's nothing that's touched it uh, in terms of like perfect circle narrative. And this is, I, I still need time to to come down off of the season finale, but I got to tell you, man, I, I'm, I'm on the cusp of saying that Babylon 5 has been bested. Wow. After 30 years, 30 years, I think ago was, it was on the air. Been 30, I think close to 30. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm on the cusp of saying that that Babylon five has been bested. Yeah. And, and then that's saying a lot. And then, uh, D you were, you actually read all the books and, <laughs> and, uh, and you, you, you're the one that's been in it the longest. Yeah. So I, um, I had originally heard about the expanse, um, back when game of Thrones was still on and, popping because um, it had been billed as the Game of Thrones in space or Song of Ice and Fire in space. So I had bought all the books years ago and didn't and refused to watch the show until I read the books, but I didn't have time to read the books, so I wasn't watching the show. Fast forward to Josh hitting me up and he's like, man, you got to watch The Expanse. And I was like, oh man, I'm planning on doing it, but I want to read the books first. And I think Josh told me, he's like, yeah, you could do that, but I think you should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I think you should watch it. You should check it out. And I was like, ah, uh, okay, because Josh had recommended three shows to me uh, at that point: Babylon Five, uh, Battlestar Galactica, the re the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, Ron Moore, and The Expanse. I chose to watch The Expanse first. Man, I feel Battlestar Galactica and Babylon Five had a lot. Of, some huge shoes to fill because it's soon much like you guys as soon as i watched the first episode i was i was hooked from there it took me a little bit to get used to Holden. just, just because, <laughs> you know i don't like boy scout protagonists like you know i hate superman and so you know that that's that took me a little bit of time to get used to but once i got used to it and and i was into it it was just like full speed from there just like love the show and then i read the books and the story with the books is it's like same with the show. Like I, I think I watch, I read the first book, put it down, and then kept watching the show. And then like uh, in between season four and five, I remember I text. I think I text both of you guys, you, uh, Cam and Josh, and I was like, I'm gonna challenge myself to read all these damn books before the fifth season starts. And I just like I blew through them and it wasn't like a rush thing. It's just that's how well written and well paced they are. Uh, like after I put down one book, I was like, yeah, let me keep going. <laughs> let me just I can't I can't stop here, man. It's, it's just it's just too much. It's too much. And then before I knew it, eight books, uh, the next seven books were read and then season five was starting. And I still don't know how I did that, but uh probably because of COVID and all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great show. Great show. Yeah. And I think the, um, the, the, the crazy part to me is it's like, 
getting into it and then starting to see all the narratives and how each individual season has its own kind of tone. So then like kind of like what Cam was talking about before, where he was just like, you know, you can't really get real attached to any character because like the moment you do, they're out. <laughs> yeah. And so you it's like you you got your core people, but anyone else, anyone else around, they can come and go pretty yeah. much whenever. So there was uh, some characters where I was like, oh, okay, she's cool. And oh damn, she did already. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I had reservations because I saw Thomas Jane. And I'm like not against Thomas Jane. <laughs> it's just that fact. It was just it's Thomas Jane and he was the Punisher. Yep. And like yeah. that left a bad taste in my mouth for lack yep. of a better term. And uh oh, man. he's not a bad actor. Like Thomas Jane is cool. Um, but like but, my last memory of him was the, the terrible Punisher movie. But however, uh, segue, he did make Somebody made a fan, uh, oh, yeah, of the punch, right? Yeah, the was short, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. The was, was actually cool. I remember that, yeah. So, I don't want to totally shit on Thomas, Jane, but I was like, okay, Thomas Jane. And I text Josh, I was like, just stay the course. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said, first episode, he did, he did. He did. I texted him, I was like, bro, Thomas Jane, really? Like, is this where we're going? And after the first episode, then I was like, okay, I see what you meant. I'm in. Uh, I was, I think I probably was watching like three episodes, three or four episodes per day until I stopped like season five. I think I was like three episodes from the fi- finale. Cam was like, Hey, we're doing a pot. I was like, all right, I'm gonna finish tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> get out. Cause I just told, I, I didn't realize I thought it was done. And so oh, okay. I finally caught up. I was like, Oh, they got more. So I was like, I don't want to watch. I don't like, I'm gonna just wait till the end. Yeah. And I forgot about it like two, three weeks out and then all of a sudden cam was like about the pod is done i was like all right well now i'm gonna just binge those last few episodes so it was it was worth my time and like i said i jumped in i didn't understand any backstory didn't read any books um and i can see that it's a world that it's already established in a sense and mm-hmm. to your your comment josh i'm just reading a babylon 5 on wikipedia it, yeah it's exactly like babylon 5 based off the plot and setting yeah. and the the cast of characters and the earth and uh whatever the 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 uh opposition is to the earth on babylon 5 and the mm-hmm. martians and the belters uh, yeah. in contrast to mm-hmm. uh the expanse so yeah this is like a new version of babylon 5 and i just realized all these people in babylon 5 are extremely old now <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. there's, there's like two characters there are two there are two actors who passed away yeah in that, in that cast that's how yeah. old yeah. yeah yeah they're all like 60s yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nice. what, 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 and so wow. as I'm watching it, I'm seeing the parallels, and I'm like, "Yo, man, Star Trek is spoiled. <laughs> they yeah. got transporters, shit's all nice, it's all glossy and shit. Like they can go yeah. from world to world; it's not a big deal. There's no like, and I think the um, the realness of the Expanse makes, makes it like space is like the is the background villain through the whole series. Oh like, yeah, yep. yo, oh, yeah. one little pebble hits your suit; it's a fucking wrap, dude. Yeah. You're dying. You know, the is undoubtedly the overarching antagonist in that in that story. You know, 100%. And it just yeah. it and also I liked it because expanse kind of parallels with what's going on in our current situation in the real world. Yeah. And like it shows like 
you know, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, we're still not a kumbaya utopia that like Star Trek would want us right. to be. Like, right. Expanse is like, yo, we still got, we got people, we have classism, there's racism, you know, there's still people that are rich, there's still people that are poor, yeah. you know, there's like, so I think, I like that the Expanse has that realism where it's like, there's still people still trying to figure it out. Like, there's no like, come, like, they, now they just got into aliens. That they're kind of like, and even in that, like, oh hey, there's aliens. People, some people are kind of like, oh that's cool. Some people are like, who cares? Other people are like, okay, how can we use this to to make money? You know, like mm-hmm. the, the of, of of humans is still apparent. Where like in Star mm-hmm. Trek, that realm is very like utopia. Hey, let's all come together for a common good and blah blah blah. And I think um, Discovery's third season kind of. Uh, like rips that up a little bit and kind of gives it a little bit more grittiness. But mm-hmm. I think I like that the expanse keeps that through the whole time where it's like, you definitely see the classism that's going on where like, you know, earth is still on the top quote unquote, you know, yeah. Mars is still trying to fight for that. And then the belters are basically, you know, black people. <laughs> and yeah. the parallel, the parallel with, uh, the, you know, to, to Cam's point, um, the parallel between Babylon five and, uh, and the expanse is real. There is definitely a point where they sort of split off. But for the most part, that the the whole essence of you know the Earth being the Earth being sort of the 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 focal point for everything and the jumping off point for everything that happens in the show and and it being sort of a natural outgrowth of everything that comes after um, is definitely is definitely a heavy theme. Mars being the bastard <laughs> child somehow is is the, is is another recurring theme. Um, there's there's a lot of parallels, but they're like for each parallel. Once you peel back even one layer of that onion, they definitely sort of split off on their own into into very radically different directions. Yeah. So, so oh, sorry. I, one thing I wanted to point out, uh, and before you go, D'Angelo, is that um, we start off on a small microcosm of the world of Thomas Jane's character on mm-hmm. Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that's where primarily the um, story was going to take place on Earth about some space cop, you know, figuring it out, right? Um, but then as the show progresses, you you leave Earth, then you have this crew, then you take that and then it goes into the Martian Earth Belter thing, and then it's aliens and a galaxy beyond the aliens, and we have a bigger world that where we started from and where it ended up is totally different. Now, uh, D'Angelo, the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if the uh, books are going to this. I was always curious what happened to Thomas Jane's partner. Uh, oh, uh, was it, is it uh, the, 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 the Hispanic kid? Yeah, he got, he got, he got hurt, but he lived and then he, you know, he kind of exited the story. Yeah. Oh, like, Diogo. Oh, yeah. yeah. He shows up in for well, okay. So in the books, he does disappear, but in the show, he 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 pops back up in season three. He's on the ship with Ashford, and he's oh, right. yeah, yeah, still in yeah. one of the um the Martian. He steals Bobby's suit, and um he's chasing Holden and Naomi when they're trying to get to the reactor. Um, and Naomi drops the elevator on top of him because oh. that that was the only that was really the only way they could stop him <laughs> in that Martian uh, Marine. Uh, uh, That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I forgot yeah. About so that. he's yeah. dead now, but yeah. he was on the he was on the he popped back up in season three okay. as part of the OPA. Okay. As part of Ashford's crew. Yeah. So he was never pure. He he seemed like an innocent green rookie cop, and then he became 
part oh, of. Oh wait, no, no, no. You're talking about the cop. Yeah, he. Yeah. You're talking about Havlock. I thought I'm thinking you're talking about the the kid. Oh, the belt. No, I know about the kid. Oh, the belt. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. He doesn't. He shows up again in the books, but I think they combine his storyline with with uh, another character, and he the show is kind of ridden him off. Okay, not mm, that okay. he was important, but I was just like, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so he just disappeared. So I was curious if the books yeah. went into any depth about that. Yeah, yeah, and like even like I, I think that every time someone joins the crew for like a small period of time, it's always for a reason, and that helps right. them push the narrative to go somewhere. Yeah. So when the the Asian cat came in to help find his daughter, that pushed yeah. them to get there so that they could find the you know what, what was going on with the part of you know, like so it's like every time someone joined, it would always be for a reason. If someone even if it was only for like a short period of time, right? And then when they had the uh, the Avengers moment when uh, Avicerella was with all of them and they kind of shared information and finally figured out what was going on, I like. They can finally oh, yeah. get a full world view. Like that shit yeah. was dope. So I, I, I like that they each season, like the the narrative keeps pushing along, and like kind of like Josh was saying, you know, it, anything that happens will always get paid off by the end of the show, by yeah. the end of the season. So you, there's not there's not nothing's there by chance. Like there's always yeah. something there that's gonna come back. Like you know, uh, the, we just get the final uh, season finale, and you know the marshes came through with the whole fleet on some just like, and you find out that like, oh shit, they, you know, we knew that they were working with uh, Marcos, but then you didn't know the scale of it. And then now yeah. you get to see the actual scale and you're like, oh, that was planted like episode two or some shit. Yeah. So one thing that bugs me about most shows that I'm really into, especially when they have some longevity to it is when they switch actors. I didn't realize um, that Arvasala's husband was switched out. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I saw a new guy, and I was just like, I was like, I, I didn't, it didn't hit me mm-hmm. until his untimely demise with the whole yeah. uh, attack from uh, Inaros, and I was like, wait a minute, the guy I remember from season one or two did not look like the guy <laughs> that just got killed, and I'm mm-hmm. like, why did they change? So I had to do my homework in that, and then if we fast forward, I'm jumping back and forth. Um, the episode where Alex, spoiler alert, uh, dies, right? And I'm like, why? So I had to look into it. I'm like, why mm-hmm. did he, like, come to find out he was being a naughty boy in real life? <laughs> um, and they had to kill him off. But yeah. it's unfortunate because I actually like the growth of his character. I think everybody's character has some type of growth or change within mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, Amos especially. Amos, I thought... Critical change came when he ha- he became friends, not with Alex, but with the uh, the the Asian guy. I can't think of his name when he was yeah. trying to save his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 yeah. So I thought that was a pivotal moment. The 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 excuse me for the names because it's still fresh, but I forget right. the main character uh, Holden. His change came when he started to care because he didn't care in yeah. the first season. You know. He kind of had that that typical like kind of like the the white boy protagonist that's just like yeah I'm doing my thing whatever whatever yada 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 and he was just like really annoying like yeah. it's same it took me a, a minute to kind of like gel with the character but yeah. I think as he started to care and he finally had like a full family and, and the Rossi and all that kind of stuff then you got you started to see a little bit of transformation. I already know what Angela was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on Holden as much as I like to, but uh, one thing I would say is that. If you have chance to go back and rewatch season one, pay more close attention to how they set him up. That inconsistency is still that is there right from the beginning, where he 
puts on this mask as if he doesn't care. But deep down, he's a very he's driven by altruism. Like he's driven by doing the right thing because it's the right thing. So when they log the call, this distress call from the scopuli, um, they say they all agree. No, we're not going to answer it. We're going to keep moving on. And he's like, no, he's like he in front of everybody. He says, yeah, Kat, you heard Cap. We're moving on. His girlfriend wanted to log the call. But he he did he said no. But then when he was by himself and he listened to the call again and he saw it, he logged it, and that's the reason why they had to go to the scopuli, and that's the reason why all those things happened. Everything after happened. So, and that that's really <laughs> the the fundamental of who he is. Like he he pretends like he doesn't. Yeah. Care. So you saying the one character didn't change? He was always who he was. Is Holden? Is Holden? Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I kind of disagree with that because I feel like there was the apathetic Holden in the beginning. Then he kind of moved into like super duper Boy Scout mode for a little while, and he sort of grew into and matured into the guy that we see by the time we get to about season four ish, where yeah. he's the guy in charge, like he's a proper captain of a of a crew and the ship, right. and you know sort of doling out you know like which way and everybody's listening to him in a different kind of way by the time we get to season five dude is on some in un meetings (laughs) (laughs) well i just mean his base uh his base characterization like that that hasn't changed like superman is always the boy scout always the boy scout Odin is always the he will even though you're right. There are times where his maturity is different and how he applies those decision-making skills, mm-hmm. you know, when, with it. But he's still going to do the right thing no matter what. Yeah. The, the Boy Scout is. shows yeah. up differently. The Boy Scout shows up in different ways. And it's not as it's not nearly as cloying and, and annoying as it is early, early, you know, early on yeah. where, you know, he's trying. I think once the facade, like you like you pointed out, D'Angelo, once the facade falls away and he's no longer trying to be apathetic and he actually sort of lives into the the caring guy that he is who who sort of has to now make decisions based on what's right and what's wrong, once he embraces that fully, he becomes yeah. a much more enjoyable character. Yeah. And can I say about season five, just to point out this example of the change in Holden, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite moments is uh, after, well, again, when he refuses Monica and then he's listening to the call and she and he re-listens to it. And when she says, I have proof, proto-molecule, at first he's like, uh, yeah, I, that don't have nothing to do with me. Then he goes to, <laughs> then he goes to see her. And then um, when he finds her missing, and they're in Fred's office, and and he's like, "Hold on, there's something's beeping." And Fred's like, "What'd you do?" And he's like, I, "There was a button. I pushed it." He's like, "Is that how you go through life?" <laughs> yeah. And so I love that at that point, the two of them who struggled through that before, where Holden is just like, "Oh, I got this information. I'm about to send it out to everybody," and yeah. Fred's like, "Slow your roll, boy. You're yeah. you're gonna start a war." Mm-hmm. And now they're they're mm-hmm. kind of like sideways joking about it in a tense moment. I, that was like brilliant world development. Yeah. Hey, think, oh, oh, go ahead, man. No, I was gonna say, do you think Holden has kind of inherited certain traits from a majority of the characters that left an impression on him? Like definitely with Absolutely. uh with Amos, like when dude was getting beat up when they were trying to look for the camera footage, Naomi yeah. was talking to Holden, was like, Why'd you let Amos beat him up? 
And he was like, sometimes you got to get a little rough. Before yeah. he would, that holding wouldn't have existed. Exactly. He'd have been like, well, Amos, what yeah, are you definitely. doing? And But now he, he became a little more ruthless, more cutthroat. He became a little Absolutely. bit more pragmatic. He also became, like every character, like Alex, he, he, he I think he took a trait from the more significant characters, Alex, Amos, yeah. the, the crew pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, and you see it in different scenarios, but it stood out when Amos was beating the crap out of that dude that was trying to uh, hustle him for a chicken. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, and, and <laughs> yeah, and Holden was like, "Nah, she." He held Naomi. He was like, "Let him do his thing." Yeah. But sometimes this is the dirt. We got to get a little down and dirty sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. in season one, that wouldn't have went down. He'd been like super, like, "Nah, Absolutely. let's not beat him up." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. He learned that from Miller, and and he, yeah. you're right. He picks up a lot from, you know, you he. Fred is his men, was his mentor, political mentor. Uh, Abasarala, like he he learns, a, he picks up a lot from them, and and you know just like you know, and when she's like takes his arm, she's like just walk with me and don't say nothing. <laughs> Usually, Holden would have been like, oh, you know what's, what's going on. <laughs> well, hey, would, would it be fair to say that he learned the game like um, from Game of Thrones? What's her name? She, how she learned the game? Because she went from being innocent. Oh, uh, now I can't even think of her name. The Daenerys or no, no, not not the daughter of uh, oh, Sansa, Sansa, yeah, Sansa. yeah, 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 after a fashion, yeah, uh, I, yeah I would say less trial, but less, less traumatic fire <laughs> and tor and torment, but definitely in the same, in the same sense that he had to go through some trauma to get to where he was, where he, didn't he have to be raped to figure out the world was real, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you count well, Miller, I, the proto molecule messing with his brain, that's the mm -hmm. violation. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think also, too, I think for you know, say for like going back from Amos, like Amos at the beginning was a true sociopath, like straight up, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I he'll probably murder everybody on the ship for yes. some type of situation, but yeah. as, a, as the seasons go on. Amos, Amos's um, humanity kind of creeps back in because he has a, an actual nucleus of a family now. Like right. Holden and Naomi, they all kind of balance him out so he doesn't go too crazy. And then when he goes off on his own this season, goes to Earth, goes back to his old ways, he starts to switch back into his old ways where he would just kill people real quick. And then I, I'm going to kill him because I need that. And then now realizing like, oh, being with the, the, the Rosanate actually balances his crazy that he it makes him like value humans a little bit more. Same thing with the 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 relationship with Praxis the from the season yeah. four. Like he, he was like, yo, I don't want you to kill someone because you're not that dude, but I am. So I'm cool. Right. Like I don't want you to go on my path and, and having right. that like sex position. So that shows that growth where he's like, not everyone needs to be like me, but then mm -hmm. when there's things that need to be done, I'll do that and be right. cool with that because I'm already are there, you know? Well, Amos thinks in black and white yeah. too. Oh, definitely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And absolutely. he and I think, um, uh, D'Angelo, you were probably I think you were the one who pointed this out when you watched it that he might be on the autism scale. I never even thought about that. Mm. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of implications. Like they never because everything is from the point of view of the actual character, so they never Amos's scenes are so kind of like. You get a little bit of information about him, but then you still don't get quite enough of who he is. Like mm -hmm. they, nobody never says definitively why his name is Timothy and not actually Amos. <laughs> like they, they have yep. that moment where they say, you know, what happened, but they, 
you know, every time it's like, okay, you should ask him about it, I wouldn't. You know, another character would say, I wouldn't ask him about it. So, sure. yeah, he, he definitely has that. I think he might be on that, on that spectrum, but also because of his trauma and the fact that um, he was abused and, and uh, 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 what would, I guess, a, a, Sex sold into sex trafficking, mm-hmm. child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, that affected him, and it turned. So I like to look at him as being like, whereas Clarissa was raised by sociopaths. You know, his her right. wealthy parents, Jewel Pierre Mao, who would sacrifice millions of people in the name of science. You know, um, versus Amos, who kind of was sort of traumatized into becoming a, a sociopath in, in order to survive. And I think one of the things I was going to say to Cam's earlier point about having gone through that development and to arrive to where he is at the beginning of season five, even though he's no longer tethered to the Rasnati crew, they put him in scenes that allow us to see that he has truly come a long way. You know, right. I, I, I he didn't kill the guys in the uh, on the transport. You know, he beat them down, but he didn't kill them. Uh, I like when he shows up and the UN guys come up on him. He's like, first of all, uh, they started it and they were all alive when I left. <laughs> That's like, you know, it's like sociopath, but he has been tamed. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just keeps going. But to your point, when he's in Baltimore, as mm-hmm. he remains there and he remains and he's in the churn, as he says, that becomes to fall, that begins to fall away to when we get to the scene where they, uh, they, they kill the guy at the compound and Clarissa afterwards is like, you know, let's say he didn't attack us. Let's say he offered what we needed, you know, or wasn't a threat at all would you still have killed him? And Amos is kind of like, yeah, pretty much. How else are you going to get what he has? Exactly. <laughs> and, and so, Hashtag team sociopath. Exactly. So <laughs> that's when he realized, and I think that was like episode seven or eight, yo, I need to get back to my crew. <laughs> Otherwise, if I stay here, <laughs> and it's a, dope uh, a lot of people self- are going to die. <laughs> and it's a dope bit of self-awareness that he realizes, like, these are yes. the people who sort of, the, the, that that Naomi, Holden, and Alex are sort of his guardrail. Yeah. 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 Totally true. And I think that's what was kind of cool, because then as the, the episodes progress, then Clarissa starts to be his guardrail now, too. Yeah. So right. that gives her a reason why she's there. Like, she's a sociopath. Of, yeah, but then she kind of balances him out where he's like, yo, we should kill these people. And she's like, wait, maybe we should talk. He's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> And that's yeah, why his old homie is like, what has she done to you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He can't understand it. Exactly. But but, like, she's like, I'm a murderer. You know, yeah. like that's that's how we know each other. I tried to kill his friend and him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my favorite part. He was like, where do you find you? She's like, oh, serving multiple life sentences for homicide. He's like, all right. <laughs> And I yeah. love how I love how how he how he sets up the whole thing with bringing her aboard the Rossi. Oh, that was I knew it though. Yeah. Incredible, it's so good. It's the same. It's literally the yeah. same way. In the yeah, we homies, right? You know, you, you tried to kill me one time. Remember that? All right, cool. And, and we was cool after that, right? Okay, cool. So you know, um, so Clarissa's gonna come on board. Um, I know she tried to kill you before, but it's all good. I've squared it away. Um, and, you know, she's going to be joining us for a little while. 
Um, but I know you cool about it because we were cool when you tried to kill me, right? Right. So <laughs> happy trail, and she's coming on board oh, in a second. Dude. And you know, yeah. So yeah, you guys, so do you guys know why he calls her peaches? No, I doesn't... forgot. I so forgot. the you remember her alias was Melba Co. And so yeah. when he met yeah. her, her name first meets her, her name is Melba. Uh, Melba, if I'm not mistaken, is a type of peach. Or it's it's another, yeah. So that's why he calls her peaches. And, and it was funny because I was waiting on them to, when someone said, why does he call her peaches? I was waiting on someone to say that or her to say answers. But she doesn't even know that Melba is a peach. Mm. Is that is that a- Melba is is like a type of peach in real life, or is that like the space? No, it's real. No, it's a type of peach in real life. I I, I looked it up. I had it's it's either the name of a peach or it's a type. It's a type. Yeah, it's a type of peach. Yeah, D'Angelo goes deep. You gotta get used to that. D'Angelo, D'Angelo, D'Angelo will pull apart the onion. Peach Melba. Peach Melba recipe. That's a dessert. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There we go. Dessert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I like that even that exchange where he was like, you know, uh, why do you why does he call you Peaches? She's like, I don't know. She's like, why does he why do you call him Timmy? He's like, because that's his name. And she's like, should I ask? And he's like, However, she can hold her own against him. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you could probably kill him actually. True. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah. In okay. the uh the show, they do it, they tame it a little bit more when she uses those implants during that period uh, in the book, it causes her to have seizures and all kind of stuff. Like she is literally not able to stand, let alone oh, wow. fly a ship. Uh, and like her, her body is so much more like slimmer and tinier, like almost skeletal. So they, they did, they didn't uh, make, uh, I forget the actress names, like Nadine something or yeah, uh, they didn't make her look like she had just been through the uh the ringer at least um nadine nicole yes nadine nicole so now so now about what now comes to naomi i want to say i I was gonna say you you clearly setting this up so you can say what you want to say i want to say i like her and the only reason i stick (laughs) with her storyline because d'angela has told me she's important so then that's why i stick with it and she is important but i think as this season progressed, I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's like one stupid decision after another, after another, after another. And it just like continues down this path. And you're like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. I think as a, as a dad, as a parent, I get it. I get yep. some of the decisions okay, you made. Super valid. Yeah. As a, it, she, she's making parental decisions with her heart and, you know, she wants to going after her the smart person. If this was just some random dude, if this was a friend, you'd just be like, yo, so you know, that friend is with Marco now. And you know, um, I, I wish them well. <laughs> and you don't chase after him. Her son being, you know, it, it, the way that she left, the fact that 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 Philip was this innocent kid when he when she left and left him with a nut job like Marco, uh you know, it, it, it you know, it, it's it's been eating at her, and at some point, you know, you, I I can see as a parent, I can see somebody doubling back and being like, yo, I gotta, I, 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 I can't leave him with with, with this guy. I gotta go get my kid. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's part of the really gr the brilliance of the the character development and the writing of the characters is that they make really human decisions. You know, stuff that we're like, man, why would you do that? You know who Marco is. You know what what type of person he is. But at the same time, like like Josh said, you know, when she left Marco, she did everything she could to try to get Philip. Um, he being who he is, Marco. And did everything he could to keep Philip away from her uh, right. to the point where, uh, you know, he they thought she was trying to commit suicide and all kind of things. And so she just had to leave. She knew Marco, Philip being with Marco was only going to end with him being killed. I mean, he in the just through conversation turned his, his son into a probably the biggest multi mass murderer in the history of, <laughs> of the gala of the galaxy. <laughs> so, um, you know, that story won't end. She knows that story won't end well for her son. So I think that's the, the, the frustrating part I think is that you see Naomi making more better decisions in the very beginning of the series, more mm -hmm. than any of the other characters and especially keeping holding from, uh, at times being holding and messing everything up. But um, this is the one time in the series where she is literally the most vulnerable. Like she's shown to be the most vulnerable. Um, and I think that's why it's a little hard. Cause even when I was reading that and a lot of that stuff that you see is from her point of view, the her being a hard vacuum without a suit, um, like all that stuff, it was really, gnarly to read because it's like you're seeing this character be tortured based on some silly decisions that she's making but at the same time you understand how she got to that point and i think that's what makes the the story even more more impactful especially given uh the relationship dynamic and knowing that that relationship between her and philip is all but a lost cause at this point she pretty is much. pretty much the olivia pope of the cast <laughs> Smart as a whip. Yeah. Can, like, she's gotten the crew out of some crazy situations just by mm -hmm. her wit and ingenuity. Because she's mm -hmm. very integral, integral to that team. Yeah. But then she has these, like, moments of, like, why are you doing this? Like, you know yeah. inevitable is going to happen. Yeah. She's Olivia Pope. Smart yeah. on the outside, can do no wrong in the first early seasons. And then you just, like, she just keeps tripping over herself. But yeah. She's coming from the place of being a parent, trying to yeah, save, yeah. Yeah. trying to have some saving grace and and have some um, salvation Absolutely. by reclaiming her son, even though her charismatic uh, ex terrorist uh, father has a spell over him, and he and yeah. that's all he yeah. knows. He wants to he wants to show and prove in front of his dad. Yeah, you know. Marco. Marco is the illest televangelist of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Marco is so smooth, like that dude, and that's what um, that that's the thing. That's why she was instantly afraid when, as soon as she saw that he he was with Marco, still, she's like, "I know I got to get him because you know once that dude starts talking, like yeah. he can talk." millions of people into like <laughs> what they did you know so uh yeah she she knew what was up as soon as um it was out that marco was the dude you, you know the the dynamic uh kind of segue from uh marco and Narls is uh i like the the dynamic between drummer and klaus um oh god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was my that was favorite pair Definitely. Yeah. yeah when they killed yeah. him off i definitely it, it my heart sank yeah i mean he went off like it was a fitting ending Surely, yep. yeah. surely, because he's still 
he he pretty much was, and this is another Game of Thrones reference. Went out like, um, basically, t- what's the old woman's name that she said? Let him know I was the one that Lady killed Olana. Him. Oh, uh, Lady yeah. Olana. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he had his Lady Olana moment by having the recording, yeah, say, and drummer knowing cloud, just her and she knew yeah. something was up and something was a little off mm-hmm. that they had that little piece of information to further the investigation at further leads into uh Arasala to convince the committee like there's some other yeah. bigger sinister shit going on. Yeah. Right. And, so, and I like that also too. It's like, you know, he when his character's introduced, he's almost uh the antithesis of drummer at first. So she's yeah. I'm like I, you're thinking, okay, he's gonna take over. He's trying to get yeah. her out the way. And then the the logical conclusion of that is either she kills him or he gets deposed or whatever and then you don't hear from him again. But then they actually become friends. They respect yeah. each other. They yeah. have a certain level of kinship to each other. So like they respect that they trust each other as well. So then you know when they start to go off on their own paths, they still have each other's backs and that kind of aspect of it. So yeah. him going him, you know, them not floating Marco when they should have, but him going after him later is just like, oh shit. And then well know, Klaus wanted to float him or space him. Yeah. yeah. Like he knew, he yeah. knew his way of words is gonna convince the yeah. allyship. Yeah. But but the funny part was drummer was thinking like old Klaus. Yep. Mm. Old Klaus is more diplomatic yeah. for the sake of the bigger picture. But in this instance, Klaus was like, "No, nah, we got to space this we gotta cat. We got to dead that cat because I know <laughs> yeah. what's about to go down." Like, you would have saved two also, guy. There was also kind of an implication that she was pseudo played by Fred Johnson in terms of like he put her out in terms like he knew that she mm-hmm. would vote that way uh, because there was something I forget it was the the thing with the ship where the UN uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The ship and he was able to then denounce it because they fed them that same. Um, intel about marco so i think she was kind of played a little bit in that situation but you're right twice Twice. yeah so you're right she was uh more taking the more political approach whereas ashford reverted to his more opa uh a pirate like no we space him right now because we let him get out there and he Mm -hmm, starts mm -hmm. yapping yapping one turns into a million so like <laughs> you know yeah, and that's experience because he was yep. a space pirate he knew yeah, 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 yeah. He's a, in a sense he i think he's kind of the same person oh he absolutely has, oh, he, has yeah. way, he has yeah. a way with words he knows how to have people rally and it almost happened but he corrected his new recruit when he was like i think you should be the captain of this ship and he was like look i gotta respect drummer because the ultimate goal is to unite the belters right yeah peace even though you think I'm qualified, I probably know that I'm more qualified than drummer. I'm not here to tr- cause discourse, and he exactly. did it right. right here. Exactly. Uh, and so there was there was a change in his previous thoughts and and uh and, and aspirations to, to to unite because in, initially, like I said, when Inaros was trapped, he was like, "I'm like, nah, I see the bigger picture." He was he was playing chess. And that's oh, just, that just comes down to his experience in in that world of being who he was. And drummer is very experienced. She understands the game too, but she didn't see it, the the steps that would 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 partake if we left this dude alive. Because as soon as he was let go, he killed the two factions that wanted him dead after yeah. he closed yeah. the power. Which is crazy. Yeah. super crazy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think that's what I think the uh, Marcos was the first actual human villain they faced in this yeah. past like you know the whole show because everything else was wait marco's a human or is he a belter 
Belcher, sorry. He's, yeah. uh, like, he's well, a he, Belchers are humans. They're yeah. just, they're a different, they're, they're a, I hate to yeah. call them a subspecies of human, but they are kind of because they, they can't exist in the gravity well like a normal human. So yeah, exactly. like that, yeah. that like yeah, they couldn't yeah. even step foot on Earth without possibly like dying instantly. Well, when, yeah. so when Arisala had, I guess the one belter, he was looking extremely gangly and tall. Yeah, because yeah, he's, yeah. he's lived in a lifetime without any gravity, so his basically so his his yeah. Let me let me ask you this: so books, what is the physical attributes of a belter? Like, are they like seven feet tall or something like that? Or? They vary in height, but their most physical attribute is like the best example I can give based on the book description and how the show is trying to be consistent is uh, Philip, the way he looks like very tall, gaunt, like long, like long limbs. Uh, so that's why they call them skinnies. That's why they call them skinnies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because they, and they have a different metabolism. They that's why I say I don't like to call them a subspecies, but they kind of are because humans went out and colonized the belt, and then their children and children's children eventually become the yeah. belt. <clears throat> and same thing with Martians and the same thing. Because that's why when um Naomi was on from the previous season when she was on that planet, she was having such a hard time because yeah. like they were saying, they were giving her meds to like, you know, to conform to it and all that kind of stuff. And she just wasn't taking it. It just wasn't working for her. Yeah. And then even when Holden went back to earth and she stayed in the ship and she, he didn't, she didn't come down because yeah, she probably would not have been able to freaking walk. Yeah. The Martians the same way. Remember when Bobby first stepped, set foot, the, even the, the, they had the whole joke about the earth, uh, the earthers laughing at the Martian delegates. Cause when they step off, the oh, ship, they, they get sick and they throw up because um I think they were saying that the, the, the gravity on Mars is I guess a little less denser. I I, yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's but yeah, that's, it. yeah, so they it's the same thing, which is why they have to train in that gravity level and with the intent of one day invading Earth because yeah. They can't walk on Earth. You know? Yeah, the, the training training on Earth wasn't the intention of like I'm gonna go visit Earth. It's for the eventual invasion Take of Earth. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna take yeah. the Earth, which yeah. is what Marco would have been the best thing for Marco to do instead of dropping the rock on the seed for which humanity sprouted. You know, Earth is still the only planet that you know the ring gates have opened, but it's the only planet that has known resources that carbon based and specifically humans need to survive mm-hmm. so taking out the earth without an alternative to that is very very short-sighted yeah exactly very- and then that's that's part of the reason why i was kind of going to to make the move to the rings and so that's yeah. what makes it even more interesting right. so i think that those aspects of it is where you know by showing those different classes and then and then also how you know a couple seasons before where the martians had to switch from being you know a warlike overall society to now they're kind of peacetime and so now right. everyone's like okay we don't gotta freaking train like we're gonna be at a war all the time but what now we, we have to train yeah we have to transition yeah. there's, there's the rings there's other stuff and so i like that they show that like some people were about it and other people are like no nah, fuck that i'm trying to yeah. i trained my whole life to kill people and uh i'm gonna go heal people 
So there's two, also two things to that because that's part of the thing that drove to what we saw with the Martians. The other thing is the fact that their whole, the whole dream of Mars is this idea that they can terraform that planet and turn it into a new Earth with a, an actual biosphere with breathable, breathable air, water, all that stuff. There have been several generations that started that project, lived and died. And so the other alternative to that is preparing for invasion of Earth, military fight. Once that both of those things and then so the ring gates open up, that completely with all those worlds over there, that completely negates the terraform project. Like that's yeah. like, why would I force my children to right. grow up in a dome and with this idea that we can turn this planet into a, a paradise, knowing that they're several hundred generations died trying to do that when yeah. I had to go through the ring gate, set up on a new planet with all the resources and, and right. that's it. Forget more. Well, that, that was kind of touched on in the uh, season where we find Bobby as a, uh, she's working on the, the, the oh, plant. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then, and then she got Carl Hurst into doing some dirt for the cop, but the cop, yeah. once they got cool, the cop was telling us like, look, man, Mars is done. Like, yeah. I'm trying to find a new life. I'm saving my money. I'm about to bounce, which is another red herring because you end up finding he's actually not that bad of a cop. Yeah. But at this point, he's out to protect himself and his family. Yeah. It just sucks that the situation turned out where he is because he looked at Bobby as like, like, hey, you're very good at what you do. You're good people. I feel like we can obviously we can be profitable. But at the end of the day. He was looking out for his own, but it, it really was looking out for his family. He's a family yeah. guy. Right, right. And so we were introduced to him as like a cutthroat cop, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that I like that the basically anyone that shows up in the narrative, they're always there's a little bit level, there's at least a little bit of a level. So you never yeah. see like there's not just like, oh, the asshole kid, the corrupt cop. Yeah, there's the, no throwaway. Right. Yeah, like even if they're just there Layer. for like a little bit, there's a little bit of a layer. Yeah, you're like, oh, interesting. You're, you know, and even um, the oh, the socialite that recognized uh, Clarissa Mao, and she was like, and she was kind of like, oh, that's Clarissa Mao. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and she was saying, you know, yo, we used yeah. to run around, we were doing some dumb shit, but I'm trying to be better. I want to be helping people. That's why I'm here. Da, 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 da. And yeah. I thought that was cool. It, she ended up dying, but <laughs> but it shows like a, a character that could have been a really throwaway, like, oh, you're just a socialite, really silly, still yeah. had some type of a layer of death where they're just like, well, she is trying to evolve and try to be a better person. That's why she's there mm-hmm. for that particular reason. Tilly you know, Fagan, yeah. that was her name. Tilly, Tilly yeah. Fagan. Right. Right. Love that like, actress that played it. I feel like so there's a, a running bit of, of commentary that me, Cam, and D'Angelo have about certain shows. And it always ends with or begins with, you know, just one line of dialogue would have dot, 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 dot. Like it would have explained something. It would have carried a scene in a different direction. And I feel like that whole episode, that whole season finale was all just one line of dialogue to get something moving. Another line of dialogue to get a different thing moving. If you rewatch that, it's like at least half of that episode is all one line of dialogue to move something forward yeah. right up to the end even yeah. even even with uh even with marco turning the mars navy around one line of dialogue yo i need you to come with me they get in the room they're in the room uh yo those are our ships no they're not our ships like it's just it just keeps moving it just yeah. keeps moving and it's all one yeah. line one line one line one and line and what i loved about that scene is that that was the payoff of 
season four and five mm -hmm. because season four and it's like cam you brought up earlier bobby's storyline and with the cop that's the payoff to what was happening through that yeah. whole situation where they were selling weapons to them and they were setting up this because if i'm not mistaken and the writer the the film the producers directors were good at this philip is in that scene where uh bobby when um when the dude gets shot in fact yeah i left something for you bitch or something like that and then <laughs> he go to he did he does this to bobby as the um as oh, the, uh, as the yeah. elevator door is closed oh, oh, oh. yeah he yeah. was the one he was the belters, that's, part of the belters that were pulling them away yep yeah that wait 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 wait, 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 wait go back to season four and go to that scene where um bobby comes with the, the trap where bobby becomes with the cops to make the final deal and it goes wrong um and when she comes back in to try to help them uh you hear a voice say i left you something bitch or something like that and it's a bomb and when she looks up there's a there's philip in the as the elevator as the doors close he, he's doing the belter uh yeah the yeah he did, he's doing the, the, the belter mm -hmm. thing. Sprinkling i did all not realize that was him. Oh, wait wait what's the significance of that I'm, I'm missing something well the significance is that um we didn't know at the time that the belt the belters and the martians specifically anaros's faction was getting weapons like stealth and all this stuff from uh from the okay. martians and Bobby was the sort of the anchor because after that she immediately goes to Alvasarala's like you know yo this is this is legit like this yeah. it's not just them selling to other Martians they're selling to Belters like this is this yeah. is a whole other thing then specifically to Marco yeah. and specifically to, to to Marco even though Bobby wouldn't know that that was a little right. nugget for the audience yeah, yeah. yeah exactly oh. yeah. and that's what's kind of crazy because I think you know even with um. Now looking back for the last season with that company that was like on the 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 ring planet trying to terraform it and do that and take and do all these samples and stuff that kind of plants the seeds that like all these other factions are starting to vie for the the ring planets to, to yeah. start to terraform their own situation outside yeah. of the Belchers. The Belchers are there like this build a better life, you know, family, da da da. Everyone else is like, yo, there's mad resources, we yeah. can money, we can do right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. it was it was it was great, man. It was just like the last the last episode was just like a rush. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was laughing because I was telling them, I was like, uh, you know, when it when everything was all happy, everybody's like, oh, you know, we got a drink, we're in a lounge, we're cheers in. And I was like, wait a minute, there's like 10 minutes left of the show. <laughs> I, yeah. I immediately, when everybody was chilling, I got a feeling in the pit of my stomach like yeah, something bad is about to happen. I thought what was this is to tell you where my brain goes. I thought, I thought they were going to attack Luna. I thought that there was going to be an attack on, like, they're, oh, we're chilling, you know, oh my God, there's a yeah. there's another rock. You know yeah. what I mean? There's another asteroid about to, you know, blow up half of Luna. Yeah. <laughs> See, I knew they weren't going to attack Luna. I just couldn't remember. And this is the thing I read the books, but I couldn't remember exactly what was happening what was going to happen until it was happening and then that that then i remember what ha what happened in that moment or whatever but yeah and then, i was gonna ask one thing is um the bobby's dude did he go to pal uh, palace or uh, peleus the one she was dating the military yeah. dude no the dude she met when she was uh working construction yeah 
Yeah, he was like a. Did, did he go to? Did he go right. to the Bella station? Uh, he's Mars Navy. I don't think he. Yeah, he he did go to. Or did he go to Titan? Jupiter? To he one was going to oh, you know what? You're right. I think he went to Jupiter. Okay, that's what I was. Going to, to Europa, I think, but I I don't know. I don't. I think Palace may be near Europa, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Yeah, they are all of those stations are are yeah. near Jupiter's uh, most of Jupiter's moons. And okay. so, and then now we can wrap up. With our dear departed friend Alex. Oh man. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So before we even jump into this, uh, is it confirmed that Ara Sala's husband is dead? Because we never see him die. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. Because I was, I, I was a little confused because yeah. even with the pre- the former UN sec or president, whatever she is, yeah, the, the Asian woman, we didn't like. We assume she died, but we didn't see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I was just going to say, like, I was thinking that, too. But then I was like, but the expanse is so real when it comes to science. The uh, the idea of her being able to survive that blast radius from that from that rock. I was like, to your point about the husband, though, that one, you know, I'm still up in the air. So but the thing is, what made me convinced that she was dead was when um, Amos and uh, Peaches escaped the prison they finally got to the top oh, oh yeah. yeah and everything and then you, you see yeah. the devastation the of what of and then right. i was like i was like okay she did yeah yeah <laughs> but i still don't know about yeah. arisala's husband yeah because he there was no confirmation it's right. just assumed he's dead yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so yeah. but um but yeah and yeah, no, i think like all the earth folks that yeah she was pretty 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 tragic but yeah as i was saying we talked about all the characters on the crew alex is the last one left on purpose personally <laughs> one of my favorite characters of the whole show i think his his trajectory from the beginning all the way to the you know to the end was awesome mm-hmm. and i think he was a good glue to like he was that like bump of per- of positivity to kind of help everyone in, in their doom and gloom and every time mm-hmm. they're on you know, he's the one that's cooking for everyone. And when you have random yeah. ass people on the on the ship, yeah. he was the one that kind of gelled it and kind of had, had injected a little humanity in the their crazy ass circumstance. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's a shitty human being. So <laughs> allegedly, I don't know. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. a lot of allegations, but we'll yes. just we'll just leave it there. But yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think as I was telling these guys, I was like. The way they handled his character um, is probably better than pretty much any other shitty actor with a beloved character I've seen on screen. Because normally it's you're dead off screen, and you know yeah. Kevin Spacey in House of Cards, boom, done. He <laughs> died. He died, and then they kept it moving. This one yeah. they actually, and uh, I was reading up on it. Yeah, they actually brought him back in to do that last scene, and I yeah. thought that was actually pretty good. Because and as kind of like Cam was saying, like he didn't know any of that stuff in the background. So when he saw, he was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. Um, I yeah. was curious, like we knew about this. This was like a, this happened what, late summer when all this started popping off, I think it was. Um, yeah, either late summer or I think it had, it had started. To, there was buzz about it even before that because there was talk about that before they even renewed the season. The uh, he, he wasn't fired. He was fired after they renewed the season. If I'm oh. not mistaken, um, but or maybe before I, I don't remember, but it was something like like last year, maybe early last year or something like that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was just weird because I look at him and he has this cowboy accent. It was just throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. and I want I wanted some backstory of like why 
He's all about that. <coughs> and the only thing I got was when he went to that bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like bro. I was like, there has to be a story behind him being all cowboyish. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I just I couldn't get like I was just like, man, this is weird. Like, cause I know he not unless he like super die end up diehard spaghetti westerns and into that genre. Yeah. I couldn't figure out why he had all these like western cowboy references, like like everything, even to the bar. And even when Bobby walked in, she was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> so, I laughed at that scene too, especially yeah. the song. But um, so the 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 history with that is he's from Marina Valley in Mars. So the the backstory is that Marina Valley was mostly settled by um, by. Indian uh, Indian Americans who were living in Texas at the time, mm-hmm. and they so they settled they they uh, basically a large um, Asian American contingency settled Mars, mm-hmm. uh, specifically the Mariner Valley, and they brought a lot of Texas cultural iconography that just kind of started to get more corny over time because obviously the further you get from the original shit, the more like best guess it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bobby comes from a section that was mostly uh, settled by Polynesian uh, Maori descended um, or, you know, Polynesian um, Samoan descended uh, um, individuals who then settled that section of Mars. So a lot of it, their accents, they don't explain it enough in the show, but there is reason why they have, like, again, he has that sort of draw. Cause I said the same thing. I was like, why is this guy has this? Why does he have this cowboy draw? Yeah. And to all of you, I say, quit judging books by their cover. Okay. Well, I did. And I, you know, yes. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> well, I'm a 21st century American. <laughs> well, I, I will say this about Alex's character. He did with his crew what he couldn't do for his own personal life. Yep. That was, yeah. And that was what made him compelling. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. That, that's that's what, that was his driving force because he realized yeah. how much he fucked up with his real family. So he's like, I need to make sure that this actually is like legit. legit. Yeah. Well, he was having some type of redemption because not all was lost. They gave the show gave it some sense of hope that right. he had built that a relationship with his son. His son right. was like, look, I'm still rocking with you. Yeah. My mom may not be on the same page with you for obvious reasons, but you know, I've heard what you've done. I want to join the Mars Navy or the Mars military, whatever, and yeah, follow hero. you. Yeah, my hero. So there's there was his redemption right there. Yeah. Right. And then also I know like from D, he was telling me like, you know, Alex is a he's an integral character for the book. So he's through the whole situation. Yeah, he's and not so, dead in the books. By yeah, me. so and then they, they killed him off specifically because of the yeah. actor and all that. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, they flipped it because as you told me as well, Fred Johnson he dies um, in with a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah, um, doing a hard G burn. So they use that death from the book into the show for Alex yeah. to kind of get to wrap right. that up. I thought it was smart. Very and smart. as I was saying before, like you know, they they gave him a lot better of a send-off than most other characters people do that are, that are shitty characters yeah. so mm-hmm. it's kind of i give i give the writers props to being like recognizing like yo alex is a dope character he's very integral i personally would have been i would have been okay with the recasting just because like it's a cool character and it's very interesting to the show but yeah. the way they did it still made it work and it was like okay. well, well they did it already you know with a few characters i'm like because yeah, I was, exactly. literally didn't remember like i was like wait her husband did not look like that in the beginning <laughs> yeah and then yeah, uh well- <laughs> And then I was going to say, uh, 
you know, with with uh, like I I didn't know if he was dead because yeah. like I had to, like I didn't find out about the whole controversy off camera until I looked it up because I was like, damn, this dude really is he really dead? Mm. And so I paused and was like, let me just Google this because I yeah. saw the scene and it didn't it, I couldn't ex- it didn't explain to me how he died until afterwards, right? Because he his last words was like that was something like wild ride or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is his and, favorite thing to say after like yeah, and yeah. then it just shows with blood in his nose coming out yeah. of his nose, and I'm like, wait, he, I'm like, what? He died? Pause, Google, and then I find out all the other shit. And I was like, oh, they just killed this dude off because of the politics behind it outside yeah. of the show. It wasn't necessary for the to move the plot, yeah. you know. So no, but, uh, it, it wasn't. They, they did well, I think I think they did the, they did it well enough as they could, and I think um, that made it work because I think. I'm curious, like I said, like if they would have just if they would have kept him and just recasted him for like the next season for this last season, it would have been interesting. Well, I mean, it, it was also a little cold because dude was sitting in his chair, yeah. drinking out his cup. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. like, well, the, the thing the thing oh. about recasting this is that we're we are invested in Alex. Not more. We're not invested into Arasala's husband. He's a minor sure. character. I yeah. just happen to notice it. But Alex, yeah. like again, if. Alex was a compelling character to you, Cam. Then you would notice the change immediately and be like, "Sure, that that next person won't be the same, right?" Because he's going to perform it differently anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's it comes like like when the when they recast the lead dude for Spartacus. It wasn't that the guy was a bad actor. No, it just did not land. It it just wasn't the same. This okay, so so I'm glad you mentioned Spartacus because there's two things. Now getting back to that point about Spartacus, it didn't bother me as much because. Mm -hmm. I almost didn't notice it at first. Like mm. I noticed it, but it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, Arasala's right hand man was one of the characters from Spartacus. Yeah, true. Which, which yeah. I was like tripping. I was like, hold on. I was like, why does this guy look super familiar? And then I go back. He was like the fucking hated bad guy in Spartacus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, which one? The one from this season? The 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 general guy or no, 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 no. The uh, the, the, the liaison spy. That died. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Fun fact: I still have Spartacus all on DVD. It was a good show with a lot of fucking problems, but I, I just, I ate. Oh it yeah, up. yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. Well, the way it started, the way it started was excellent. yeah. I, I was, I was all about the show. I watched it so much that I bought the damn season DVDs, and I still have them. So yeah. it was one of those good shows that that also had something really bad happen to it, which was unfortunate. Right. Yeah. And and yeah. kudos to the production team. You know, they held out. They thought dude was going to get yeah. better, and yeah. so they were like, "Yo, we'll just make a whole other season." Yeah. Yeah. Of the other dude. Yeah. And, and and so we'll make a whole season, nothing to do with the original character, and wait for you to heal up. Yeah. In between, that's you know how much they. That's how much they liked that actor. So yeah. you know what's crazy about Spartacus? They got so many famous actors in there. Yeah, <laughs> for, for such really a like a whatever show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they and they were all naked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the they had all the Lucy, Lucy Lawless. Lucy yeah. Lawless. <laughs> what, what's the dude from The Wire? Uh, he was one of the like the elder gladiator statesmen. Yeah, and then also uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the law, she was in it too. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, um, play Littlefinger. Oh, Crixus, that dude. Yep. Yeah, there's bad people on that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, they, uh, 
Shout out to yeah, Sly, but yeah, I think the um the way they did Alex, uh, it actually worked, and it was like you know everyone got to grieve within the show, and it was cool. You know, they had a little even Amos had it had Amos had his little like you know all right cool. I mean, he went out the way he should. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Completely but again, that's how Amos Amos simplifies things. He almost yep. is childlike, and it's easier for him to navigate yep. in that world. Yeah, to think that way because he doesn't make things complicated. Yeah. He gets it, and he said that on multiple occasions to different yeah. characters, especially to Holden. Yeah. He was like, you know, if you do it this way, nothing's gonna bother you. You can move forward, and yeah. I don't have any reservations. And when they ask him questions, complex questions, he gives simple answers, mm-hmm. and then they think yeah. about it and be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that's a, the best way to describe break down his character. Yep, yeah. and he's yeah. like, that's, that's why yeah. I, I think, and to you know, wrap it, I think those those individual characters make the show and i think that yeah. that their overall like hero's journey is super interesting from like you mm-hmm. watch the very first episode to this very last episode like you see the growth of all the characters and, yeah and even like i said like people that bobby Sorella, like the way they come into it and then still kind of be a part of the quote unquote family but more extended you know like yeah. you see it where avicerella is kind of like eh, hold in <laughs> right. yeah and exactly. now he's like, that's like one of her main counsels. Like she actually yeah. talked to him on some like, yo, I need you to go do some, handle some shit. Yo, yeah. this, and same with Bobby. You know, Bobby was like a, a person of circumstance, but now that's like literally her right hand person. She kind of needs her for like less, pretty much her only <laughs> real friend these days. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, this one, oh, go, go ahead. Ken. No, no, you, you, first. you first. I was going to say uh, about Alex um, and his death. I, one of the things I always appreciate about any story, any narrative, is if it stays true to the continuity that it establishes. Um, they had talked about characters potentially dying from hard burns, stroking out from the very beginning. Like mm-hmm. they had literally teased it with a Vassarala when they were running from uh, the UN in season two and her nose kept bleeding and Bobby kept having to stop. Um, but to see to show it in a way and then use it to kill off uh, a character that you you i guess at that point you had to get rid of it it just added to the 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 additional um element of the fact that they actually do write the show extremely well like they mm-hmm. take consideration every little detail and nothing is is just shown for no reason or there for yeah. no reason and the science and the science and the physics of the show Oh, it's just on another level, man. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of the G burns, there is a season where they they have some uh, exposition about the guy that created that. Did he right. die? Did he like? Oh what yes, oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Talking about Epstein. Oh yeah, yeah. That, he died on that mission. Okay. Because yeah. it was like never clearly explained. Yeah. And, well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see it. You know, I didn't mm. get it. But I was like, how did this? Because he was critical in getting to where we are now with his technology. Right. right so right, I was right. like, did he survive? How did his technology survive? Because yeah. he took his technology with him in space. Yeah. So I was trying yeah. to figure out what happened to his story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't important, but I was just curious. Yeah. He, I mean, he definitely, the tech and the information somehow got back to Mars. The research got back to his wife somehow because they published it. They created the drives, and that's why they call them Epstein drives. Because he was his name was something Epstein Solomon Epstein I think is what his name was, mm-hmm. but yeah he dies on that uh, because he he failed to do something and once it hit that hard burn I mean I think at one point he was trying to call and it broke his arm or something like that oh yeah that's right yeah. yeah like it was gnarly but um, I think because he was younger 
his body was able to hold out from stroking out so, so you know brain uh hemorrhaging so uh so quickly uh but alex having to do that hard burn after just having done a bunch of hard burns to get close to naomi for bobby to get her uh that that did it for him because they be yeah, juicing, right? Like they juice their brain or something. Unlike like, your boy, yeah, who, uh, some kind of like your boy who tried to go through, like through the ring at top speed. Oh yeah. Oh, hey. So, oh, that's my shout out to that guy. Hey, that's my so, favorite part. Of so that episode when it opened up, I texted Josh. I was like, Josh, I saw the book. I laughed because it was so unexpected, but it gave context of what we were about to deal with for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah. Doors and corners, doors and corners, kid. They get you. I, 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 I sometimes love and hate these type of intros where you have this totally un. It, it was related, but it was unrelated. Yeah. The main story, but it's just like a one-off. Like I don't know yeah. if you guys watch American Gods. Right? Yeah, well, I watched the first season, but at the, yeah, it's the first two, but I didn't haven't watched. I, I, I don't. I haven't seen the third. I don't think the third's out, but I read the book, so I understand your pain. I read uh, the book too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I totally get it. But anyway, like every episode opened with some prehistoric or some story that not really related to. It's not concerning to the main story, but it it has some relation to it. Yeah, and I love intros like that where you're just like, okay, now I can reference what the hell I was watching in the first part. Yeah, that right. makes sense now. And like when that happened to dude and he ran through the ring, I text Josh, I was like, yo, this is the craziest thing because they slowed it down <laughs> and you saw all of it in Texas. Yeah, it was so glorious. I loved it because he was, I think it just, I loved it because he was so excited and so like he was trying to impress old girl uh, and she had broke up with him. To, it got with his cousin or something brother. like that. And then yeah, called brother. him right before. Uh, it's like, yeah, if you do that, if you go for the ring, oh, it's so all bad. yours. That boy got excited. Boom. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, I that before I read it in the book. So if he'd have went slow, would he have survived? Yeah, yeah he would have survived. Yeah. But there was no way for he could have known that. Though. Yeah, no one knew. Yeah. That was the yeah. first, that was like the first test of what they could do. That's what but that's part of the significance of that aspect of that. Sorry. The, the other visual aspect of that and what it communicates is the real problem with humans in that there we were they were dealing with a piece of tech that they had no idea what it what it was or how it worked. And even on that small scale where he's just like, oh I'm innocently flying through a wormhole. It's space, so what could it hurt? Boom! It kills you and and repurposes all of your your biological material. Um, but you would, you know, it's like someone I think uses use. I don't know if they use this in the show, but it was used in the book like monkeys playing with a microwave. You know, like mm. that. That's pretty much the whole aspect of of the the overarching thing that you mentioned earlier, Cam. That like drives the narrative is that when we get technology. <laughs> we don't know what to we don't know what to do with it. So mm -hmm. we push it to the brink of where we fight over it, we kill over it, and then we'll sacrifice a million people until we understand how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the part that, of expanse that I like because it shows the follies of how we as humans look at a lot of different things, and it, which is in stark contrast to like uh, a Star Trek or like yeah. you know, those type of shows where they're like, hey, you know what, guys, you're right. We should all just hold hands, get this shit together, and all work to a common goal. Expanse is like, fuck that. Y'all niggas is poor. 
Yep. <laughs> it's like, I got to shit. Yep, capitalism <laughs> is alive and well. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you know, we, heard, we uh, apparently capitalism won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, we took it to space. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so I think that that messiness that they've they've kind of kept in the expanse helps it to be able to It sucks that uh, a, a worse situation for people is more real. <laughs> and then the Star Trek where it's a utopia is fantasy where we should be opposite with hope. But yeah, yeah I think yeah. that realism is a part that like, you know, you see the classism, you see, you know, the hardships, you know, you see the eliteness and all that kind of stuff. And and so I think um, even the way like we were talking about before about the skinnies and that, those like mm-hmm. slurs and that, all that stuff still around, like all that. Yeah. So, but yeah. I think even even present day even present day Star Trek succumbs to some of that. You know what I mean? Like we watch totally. Picard. Picard is definitely like hardcore. Like it's the exact opposite of everything we've seen up to that point. Yeah, yeah. You know the the the, the universe is completely gone to shit. You know <laughs> all, the utopia the, the the utopian society that they want that they that they thought they built was really just you know it was built on a foundation of 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 not lies, but like just this of falsehood, yeah, and people are definitely more peoplely yeah. in the, in that far <laughs> in that far end of the of of, uh, of the Picard future where Picard is like ninety years old. <laughs> yeah, people are trash. People are still yeah. trash. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to watch go back and watch Picard now with this new lens because like that, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, the first the first time around it was like you know Picard is like hey man we got to be we're the Federation we got to do it and everyone's like nah man. Shit sucks now. And what's dope <laughs> about that is he walks into as a retired ad as a retired Starfleet officer, he walks into the ad into the chief into the CNC's office on some yo, there's something about to go down. You know, I don't even need a uh I don't even need my Admiral Stars. Like, yo, you can just bust me down the captain, it's cool, but it's more important that we deal with this thing because you know it's coming and we gotta take care of it. And you know, in good old Starfleet fashion, well, yada yada yada. And she was like the effing hubris of this man. <laughs> That's come the best scene. You come into my office. Yep, yep. that's the best scene. She was cussing hard. I was like, down no more. <laughs> and then you do this interview. Like there was an interview that he did where he basically just takes a shit on Starfleet. And you know, he was like, "Yo, she was like, no, not not only no, but get out of my office. <laughs> Request denied. All privileges. <laughs> and and I think that was sort of where you set the stage for you know without going too deep into the weeds." On that, <clears throat> you know, it sets the stage for the the the, the Star Trek universe you now you, that they now reside in. It's not you know clean and pretty and utopian anymore. Like people are hectic and yeah. hectic things have happened and some DC. dumb choices have been made and you yeah, know consequence nine type shit. So I think that, that that's that's a whole that's a whole other podcast, fellas. It's true. <laughs> Why well, I said we're not going to get into the weeds. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so you know what? Let's wrap it. Let's do some. Uh, let's do some final words. Uh, Josh, you want to do a final word? Um, the euphoria of that last episode of a, the Expanse has not fully worn off yet, but I'm on the precipice of saying that for. 30 years, Babylon 5 has been the single greatest science fiction epic of all time. And I think it's been bested. I still haven't, the, 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 
the the newness and the oh crapness of the of of of, of that last episode of B five is I'm a, uh, last episode of uh, of the Expanse hasn't fully worn off yet, but I'm on the edge of saying that the greatest show that has ever existed for me has been bested. I'm 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 just about there. I'm just about there. I need I need more time. I need for the for the afterglow to sort of wear, wear away, but. I got a feeling when it's all said and done, I will feel like I'm in, and I'm in the middle of rewatching Babylon Five right now. So maybe after I rewatch B Five, be like, no, 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 not yet, y'all. Just, just slow down a little bit. We ain't there yet. But at present, hip deep in the middle of the big turn at Bab- in Babylon Five, and having watched that la- that 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 finale for uh, for the Expanse. I'm really on the edge of saying that beef that that the the greatest has been supplanted. Nice. That's how good uh, that's that's how good the expanse is. <laughs> uh Cam, final word. Uh I don't have too much to say about it. Like I said, I came in as a really fresh, not knowing the history of the expanse. But um I say after one episode I was hooked, I started binge watching it. That's just a testament to a good sci-fi show. I'm very critical about shows. I mean, <clears throat> and you like know. very critical about shows. I don't I don't want to waste my time watching I hear you. You know, a lot of crap. Uh, and you know, the, don't get me wrong. I watch certain crap that's near and dear to me. But then there's just certain shows I just don't have time to watch. And like I said, Josh put me onto this and I watched it. And I don't watch too much sci-fi even though I like sci-fi. I just haven't mm. watched a good one. And this is a good one. Well worth it. I've been recommending it to my friends. And to those who hear this pod, I recommend you guys to watch The Expanse as well. That's my final word. Nice. Word. Yeah, my final word. Um, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm kind of with Josh on this. It still has a season to go. And it's easily top three sci-fi I've ever watched just without even like blinking. And it, it's still got a whole season. Yeah. Um, and that's with Babylon Five and uh, you know Battlestar Galactica because I remember like D was talking about he's uh, restarting Battlestar Galactica and I'm like I don't have the emotional energy <laughs> I just can't yo they 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 start it's with like, like it's a lot it's, yo it every is. episode they lose like hundred thousand people and like oh, it's just God. dark and like, I just I don't know if I could do it like, so one of my friends was rewatching it and I was just like yo I it's it just it takes you down. Like it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, no. oh, it's amazing, man. but yo, the Battlestar Galactica, I that's a you watch that once, I'm good. I could put it up on the top of all times and keep it moving, but I would definitely right. recommend it. I think expanse just from a from all of us storytelling narrative nerds that you know, aside from just um sci-fi, I think it actually hits a lot of those notes and it's a good masterclass in how to tell a narrative and how to do mm-hmm. character structure and all that so it's like people that are in film and into storytelling like this is a really good um class to kind of watch and just enjoy and then if you're into sci-fi like the science is so ridiculous they get so sciencey with everything and oh yeah that's the part that is like you know it makes it really 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 cool yeah. um, and then d a resident uh expansologist <laughs> <laughs> well i think you know you guys have pretty much covered like all the reasons to watch the tv series um especially to cam's later point if you are a writer or storyteller yourself or especially with that genre it is a master class on how to mm-hmm. approach that material and build a story a world with characters that is teeming with life i would say um 
I definitely highly recommend the show. But my last word is if you guys can, anybody out there listening and to all my, my fellow panelists here on the, on the, on the pod, if you guys can pick up those books, check them out. They're easy to read. They are a little, you know, pagey, you know, they have a, there's, there's about 500 pages per book, but they are pretty fun to read. And if you enjoy the show, you'll, you'll enjoy the books more because it, the world opens up even more by all those questions you have in the back of your mind of like why this is this way or why that is that way as soon as you read the books it's going to be like oh and then you'll go back and watch the show and you're going to be like oh my goodness like wow dope dope alright well fellas this has been the expansive edition of the table of truth and we out peace peace, peace.